What's up, this the job listeners, Mark Berry, the podcast and virtual summit launch coach here. And when it comes to your finances, the thing you got to have in order to ditch your job. And then when it comes to setting up your own business, your own career, it's the thing that you got to continue to have in control. It's important to think about the finances, but it's also important to think of them in a creative way. Because if you think about your finances creatively, it's what allows solutions to pop up in ways that they wouldn't have popped up if you think creatively about your finances and by doing so it could get you out of the job sooner you could make more money with your side hustle faster you can cut down expenses which you know money saved is money earned uh so the guest who's going to talk with us about this she is the creator of project passport which provides people with the less superficial travel experience instead our guest focuses on uh, the travelers and their well-beings. She also helps travelers become more aware of the social and environmental issues in the world around them. Her goal is to help individuals reach their greater capacities and to push them to pursue their goals and aspirations through unique travel retreats. So our guest who joins us for this episode of Dish the Job is none other than Sabria Dobbins. Sabria, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you, Mark. I'm super excited to be here. I'm really just excited to talk about finances and help people ditch that job and make it happen. Sabrina, I'm so happy to have you on Ditch the Job. And I mean, being able to think creatively with finances, it's a very important skill because just because you're spending money, you have a budget, doesn't mean that you have to always adhere to that budget. Sometimes you can cut spending and still make more money uh, because, yeah. again, you got to think creatively. That's a very important point I want to drive home. I'm wondering if you could share some of the ways you thought creatively with your finances uh, on that initial path to go from job to being able to ditch. Absolutely. So one big thing I'm going to tell people straight up is you are going to make mistakes. Throughout this journey, I have made some mistakes that have cost me, but that's how you learn. So um, when I actually made the initial transition, I was working remotely part-time um, for a higher ed job. And then, you know, Project Passport, I decided that in order to make this dream happen, I decided I had to go full-blown with this company. That was something that I could not just sit back and, and try to balance a job with and do. I said, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to go all in. So what I did was I cut my finances severely. I made sure not to spend any additional money on going out to eat. I cooked my own food. Um, anything that I could not buy, I did it. No shopping. All that stuff was cut. Credit cards, put in a separate wallet. Those are things that I did to really tighten up that budget. And I got my tax refund and guess what I did with it? Paid my car off. So I literally am living on almost no liabilities. And it's, mm. it's given me so much freedom to just take company full-blown and focus on it full-blown yeah and being able to cut down on liabilities is something very big i mean there's some businesses like real estate where uh the leverage does help you but when it comes to like personal items like a car like mm -hmm. how you plan on living in that's the liabilities you want to cut down as quickly as possible and uh being able to think how can i get this down a year faster two years faster and then what's projected that's when you start to think more creatively about your money uh, can you share how that's transitioned with your business now? Because um, before we started this interview, I remember you told me about how you plan on cutting your digital marketing uh, budget. So I'm wondering if you could share uh, some thoughts on that and the financial creativity you've tapped into. 
Yes. So I try really hard not to be like other businesses. We do a lot of new school and old school marketing. I send out postcard mailers still. And I know people are probably like, what? Why is this millennial girl sending people postcards? But to me, that you cannot replace that personal touch. That's a cheaper mechanism of business to me, sending out postcard mailers than a Facebook ad that reaches God knows who could really do that personal feel is not there um, compared to that postcard mailer that I'm signing physically and giving that that kind of emotional component. Um, a big thing that we're doing, like I did mention, is we are starving our digital marketing budget. So that means that I'm no longer going to put money towards Google ads, Facebook ads. The, the bare minimum we'll put money towards is MailChimp and Canva for like marketing materials and things like that. Um, and, and I think it's going to force our team to start thinking in a way that we haven't before. I mean, we're getting to a point where um, I, I have think tank sessions with my crew. So we have about six people on my team and we do think tanks. So every meeting, every Tuesday, we do 30 minute think tanks of whatever the topic is on the table. And one of the, the um, techniques we did was I wanted to figure out what's a better way to get a business card without giving them a business card. So we actually, I had all the team come together and compete. Everybody had their own, you know, little proposal. And it was crazy. I mean, we ended up deciding to go with car air fresheners, like the little car hangers, with our information on it. I mean, how many times do people get those in their car and they're just hanging and looking at them? So those kind of, those things have kind of forced us to think creatively. And it's, it's I think it's a great decision and I'm, we're just getting started. So I'm ready. I mean, just, it's an interesting point because, I'm big into digital marketing, like podcasting. I love it. I have three podcasts, six virtual summits. So for, both of those summits are going to keep growing because I want to interview a hundred people a month. But yeah. uh, one of the, uh, like a big thing is I love digital marketing. A lot of people love digital marketing and there's certainly a big pie that a lot of people can grab. But what Sabria is doing is saying, Hey, there's so many people in this space it could be easier for me to maybe I don't have as big of an audience, but I'm engaging with them better with the postcards. Like snail mail to me is something that people forget to do. It's uh, because, you know, it costs money to do snail mail while like, you know, email, social media is all free. Uh, so like, you know, paying the 50 cents, paying the $5 cents to win a book doesn't seem to make as much sense when you could just send an ebook, but snail mail really does make a big difference uh, yeah. for a lot of businesses. Absolutely. I don't want to be the typical company. You know, everybody, every company kind of has this, we're on this path of this is how you market. This is how you do things. Our company is not typical. You know, I, what I'm doing is not a typical concept. Creating a mental health travel experience is not really done. You know, there's yoga retreats, there's meditation retreats. So with that being said, you know, I feel like I have to just I have to throw the whole box away. That's what my mentors tell me. Throw the box away. And no, I don't think it's gone. And so that's what I do. I spend time thinking out. I think I spend time throwing the box away and just going against the grain and um, really anything goes. I'm not, I'm willing to try pretty much anything. I'm not, I don't like the typical kind of standard risk taking. <laughs> that's what you call it. Yeah. When it comes to any business, you do want to grow your audience. And again, it is interesting. You are breaking the digital marketing mold. Uh, again, something that I do like a lot, but I'm wondering what have you been doing now to grow your audience? I know this is just the beginning phase, but um, I'm interested in hearing how you're growing your audience without digital marketing. Yes. So gosh, the power of networking. We sometimes forget 
that going out and just being in the community is huge. So like I literally physically find events in my area that are related to my company. So anything in the mental health and wellness space, anything in the travel space that I can go to, I will be there. Sabria Dobbins will be sitting there somewhere talking to someone. And you know, it, it's kind of scary networking initially because you're kind of trying to find out, you know, what's your pitch? How do you talk to someone? How do you position yourself? But if you just go in genuine and you just tell people what you do, you would not believe the people who come to you and say, hey, I'm interested. Put me on your email list. Hey, I want to know more. And it's been, I feel like I've gotten more true quality people through this 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 face-to-face -face contact versus, you know, like I said, the abyss sometimes that the digital world can become that gets difficult so you don't have that, that kind of relationship built. So I do a little, like I said, I, we keep our email list going. The digital things that we can do that are free will do. But like I said, Everything's about that physical presence. Yeah, I like the physical presence. I mean, I've gone to, like the ways I've built relationships with a lot of people who I know very well. It's been through online stuff. It's been through podcast interviews where we see each other face to face. Uh, but also it is just like going to events. I go to the New Media Summit a lot. I go to National Publicity Summit, uh, the podcast movement I've been to. And there's so many events that I go to that connect me with people who uh, like instead of setting a Facebook ad to them, like I'm able to talk with them face to face, really get to know the person. Uh, so yeah, definitely a very interesting concept. I'm wondering if you could share how you find these events because like in the digital marketing space, because that's where I am, like there are a few big ones, podcast movement, podfest, social media marketing world, content marketing world. These are, Some of these cost like over $1,000 for the ticket. And then you've got air, you've got hotel all the travel, yeah. how do you find ones near you that still get a targeted clientele? You know, it's funny because I, I'm kind of all across the board. I mean, I will, I, I use LinkedIn and I'll meet with people via, you know, I'll meet with them over coffee and then it kind of rolls into something else. You know, they'll say, oh, I'm actually the head of Toastmasters. Come to one of our Toastmasters meetings. And then I'm at a Toastmasters meeting, you know, and that's literally what happened to me this past week. And, you know, people are like, oh my gosh, what do you do? Wellness travel retreats. I need a retreat. You know, can I learn more? And it becomes something that I don't necessarily expect. Um, there's other things like going to Eventbrite. You know, people, they overlook those things. We, you know, we don't really look at those websites. Meetup.com. You can go to existing meetups. I mean, it's worth trying. Yes, it's awkward sometimes because you don't really know these people. And you're like, oh, they, you know, I don't know anybody. I don't know where they're from. But that's how you start. We all start not knowing one another. And, you know, the relationships we've built have come from that consistency and just trying and putting ourselves out there. So the meetup.com, Eventbrite, and, um, you know, really just meeting people for coffee. If someone reaches out to me via email and they're interested in what I do, let's meet face-to-face. -face, and then you never know where that comes from. Yeah, and uh, again, I really love the concept uh, instead of like, you know, like it's interesting to think of the concept of setting a marketing budget where it's just you going to events as an attendee. Some people may argue that, you know, you only get value out of the event if you're actually a speaker. So yeah. how do you feel like you get value from an attendee, not just from the learning standpoint, but from a business standpoint, because um, the way this is positioning for you from what, how I'm seeing it is that this is replacing the digital spend. So how do you see attending as a business driver? 
Yes. So a big thing I do is I talk to the speakers. I mean, they have a reach clearly, right? Because they were the ones speaking. So the speakers usually do not leave events without getting my business card. You know, I went to, I mean, it's interesting. A couple months ago, I went to a masquerade gala for mental illness and I met the guy, his name is Michael Wellington. He owns birdies for bipolar. He was the speaker of the event. I made sure that I got my tail up there and spoke to him and had a conversation. And we ended up, we're, we to this day now have a connection. He connected me with another related nonprofit out in New York. And then we spoke. So, you know, for me, a big thing is going to the source, speak to the speakers because you never know who they can connect you with. And another thing is, you know, the people who are attending those events, they probably already have similar like-minded thoughts as you do because, you know, the events I choose are within my, um, my company scope. So I, you know, I, the genuine kind of, hi, you know, you're here. What are you doing here for? What do you do? And you kind of start to, oh, well, I run a mental wellness retreat company. Oh, here's my card. And it just kind of becomes that organic relationship and communication. So I hit the speakers and I hit the people kind of by just you know, relating to whatever the event's about and being my raw, honest self, you know, being you comes a long way, even though we sometimes get a little nervous and feel like we have to, to dress ourselves up, being that vulnerable self of who you are and talking about why you're there. People just want to see that part of you. Now, one big hack I'm going to give people, because I know of conferences, the story of most conferences is you go, you write a bunch of notes, you meet a bunch of people, and then nothing happens when you get back. So yeah. uh, the big hack I'm going to give everyone is uh, like be fully present at the conference, get all of your notes, meet all the people, but then pick a day where you're going to follow up with everybody. Like assume yes. that nobody is going to follow up with you. And then you like a national publicity summit. I didn't wait for that's more of like a people pitch you to like be on your podcast, your radio stations, your, that's the kind of event national publicity summit is. Uh, rather than waiting for people to reach out to me, I reached out to them and yes. it, moved the, it moved things a lot more quicker. I love that you say that. You have to follow up, initiate. I think that's where people in business, they kind of miss the mark because they're, they're not willing to be consistent. They get to a place where they get you know, um, disappointed or they feel that they're, you know, no one cares, but it's not that. People are busy. So set up a follow-up schedule. Reach out to them that day and then wait a week or wait a couple of days and reach out again because people, they, they wouldn't have given you their card. They wouldn't have even given you that contact information if they weren't hoping to hear from you to some extent. Um, so you have to take the initiative. It's not always the other person. Now, I know we've deemed this uh, financially creative uh, approach based on the strategy that you are utilizing. And I do love the strategy because I'm a people person. That's part of the reason I try to interview so many people each month. The events thing really caters to me. Uh, I'm wondering for people who, uh, like, that's not their specific area. Some people, they're just trying to, you know, save some extra money have that six month fund because that's what you hear in a lot of business books, like have that kind of fund before you quit your job. Um, how do you suggest we build up to those types of income goals quicker? Yes. So like I said, the big thing I mentioned was cutting those liabilities. So whatever you can do to cut liabilities, cutting that Starbucks, that extra Starbucks a day, you know, cutting, going shopping on weekends, all those things have to go. Um, my thing is when you know, it's, I always, I, do, I think of it this way. It's going to suck, right? It's, it's never comfortable to do things that are outside of the comfort zone. It's going to suck. So I go in and I know that this sucks. I can't go shopping. I can't do all the extra things I like to do. But I also know that I have a bigger focus. My company is so much bigger than me. And that's a, that's a bigger purpose and dream for me. So one is cutting those liabilities. Two, 
have other kind of backup certifications. So I actually have my real estate license. So I'm able to actually sell homes in the meantime. So if I ever kind of get in a pinch, I have that hookup. I can always reach out and I can sell a couple of homes here and there and that'll kind of keep me going. Um, there's lots of just kind of small hacks that you can do to be able to ensure that you can have that little money to get you by. Know your runway. You have to know your runway. That's more important than anything. Yeah, and I, I love the idea of having that backup just in case. Like, yeah. it's not like having, some people think like having a backup is like, oh, I'm not serious enough on my thing. I have a backup. I'm not 100%. But uh, like when you set, like, you know, like maybe you want to ditch your job to become an author, uh, like you set some kind of income goal. But there's no guarantee, there's no proof of concept yet if you haven't written the book yet. So it's good to have that backup plan in like different streams of income because the whole thing with the job is that you may hate it, but uh, part of the risk of a job, and this is why I don't get why people think entrepreneurship is risky, with a job, that is your only source of income. If that person comes up to you and says, you're fired, that is a lot more risky than being an entrepreneur. Like if one of my streams of income dries up, I just create another stream of income or I just build up and I still have existing streams of income. You get fired. Even if you're six figures, you literally go from like a hundred grand a year to absolutely nothing with the lifestyle of a $100,000 person now making zero. So uh, definitely a side thing I want to add about the risk, but you do want to have those backup plans in place. Yes. I mean, I even worked kind of, I kind of graduated my transition. So when I decided to leave my job initially, they loved me so much. So they gave me remote, you know, um, part-time remote. So I didn't have to quit just kind of abruptly. Even when I did, I was able to kind of leave working full-time physically there. And I kind of tapered off by working just maybe half-time and doing it remotely. So even if you can find kind of part-time virtual assistant gigs and things like that. If you want to physically kind of keep your physical time and not have to be out in a space, that's a great way to make side income as well. If you're a good, if you're good at designing websites or you're good at crafting things, those are important things to do. I have people reaching out to me wanting me to build their websites and things like that. I'm like, well, I guess that's kind of a side income that I'm creating, not realizing it. So, you know, you can have side income that you come up with that you didn't even plan to make. So it happens. Yep. I mean, building up that side income, being able to adjust your job so that you're working less hours or remote and allows you to ditch the job before the job ditches you. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Love that. Uh, so one of the things that I want to give you the chance to do is share with us, uh, where can we learn more about your work and continue following you on your journey? Absolutely. So Project Passport, we have our Instagram at Project Passport LLC. You can also visit on Facebook, Project Passport LLC. Um, we also have our Instagram, our, our Twitter that I'm trying to get used to. See, I'm, I didn't have my own personal Twitter, nor my own personal Instagram. So it's definitely a transition for me getting used to those platforms. But our Twitter is at Project P LLC. I mean, you can reach us on our website, which is the best way to reach us at ProjectPassport.com. Well, Sabrina, we'll include all those links in the show notes for all the listeners who want to continue following your work. But thank you so much for coming on Ditch the Job. It was such a pleasure having you on the show. Yes, thank you so much, Mark. And I hope that all of you ditch the job in the best way possible, doing what you love and enjoy, because I'm absolutely passionate about what I do and I don't regret the route that I've taken.